You know, last week, remember, we started talking about, we started talking about using our faith and what God would do if we'd use our faith. Amen. Amen. We, start, we start talking about, and I tell you what, I started last week, because what it was, I, I came in the, I don't remember where it was, but I came in there, and James was listening to, to an old Kenneth Hagin on the computer or whatever and wanted me to hear something he said or something. And I tell you, I have been listening now to Kenneth Hagin. I figured out how to do it on the computer in the office. I can be working on one thing, minimize Kenneth and still hear him, you know. So that's sort of cool and be doing something on Word or whatever. So I, I'm learning. Shayla's impressed because I, I, I did it without calling you, Shayla. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying? So I, I've been listening to Kenneth Hagin. I tell you what, it is so much powerful. So, so I tell you what, faith. You're going to get a little bit of that, so we're going to go on into the rest of the message. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that your teaching is exactly what we need to hear tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. He, one of the things I heard him when I, when I turned it on this morning, one of the things that I don't know that I've ever heard this particular message, and one of the things he said, a good end to a prayer of faith, to the faith prayer is, it's mine, I have it now. I thought, yes, it's mine, I have it now. Everybody say, it's mine. I have it now. Amen. He was talking about, you know how glory says, take it. It's mine right now. Amen. You know, because the thing is, faith, he said so many people that say they're in faith, it's really mental ascent because they're just thinking mentally, you know. But he said, listen, I'm going to tell you all now, this is quoting Kenneth Hagin. He said, listen, he said, if you are in faith when you pray, you don't have to wait a week to uh, receive it. He said, you don't have to wait a month. You don't have to wait a week. He said, if you believe you receive when you pray, you will see it, you know, quickly. He said, I have it now. Believe you have it now. Amen. So praise God. I tell you what, it really encouraged me, faith. I think a lot of times we have been in mental ascent when we think we'd be in faith. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So I want to encourage y'all. I'm going to go over just a little bit of what we did last week. Mark 11, 22 through 24 was talking about faith. We started with this last week. But Mark 11, 22 through 24. I noticed when I said something about that, that I have it now, I noticed these two ladies got real excited. The Holy Ghost must have, she had just said that. The Holy Ghost, it's so cool how the Holy Ghost is doing this. Amen. It's mine. Amen. Praise God. That's neat how the Holy Ghost is working. And Jesus answering saith unto them, this is Mark eleven twenty two. it says in the King James, and Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Remember we talked about last week the original text said, whatever you decide is due you. The moment you decide it is yours, it was already yours a long time ago. It was already yours a long time ago. Do you know, I think that's one reason that praise and worship is so powerful such a powerful, what I want to say, something that'll really catapult your faith to receive manifestations quickly because you dance and shout and rejoice and believe you receive it, amen? And it opens the door for His presence to come in and do exactly the miracle, whatever we need, amen? Praise God, hallelujah. Glory to God. So remember we talked about that and we talked about 
that if we would choose and purpose in our hearts, uh, I'm just reiterating a little bit of last week, we'd, if we'd stay in faith, say what God says, use our authority to bind devils and loose the Holy Spirit and angels, and then see it with the eyes of faith, worship and praise God for what we see with the eyes of faith. Amen. Then God said that Jasper Christians in them will grow at an unfathomable rate. Amen. Amen. Remember, unfathomable means immeasurable, impossible to comprehend. Praise God, and that's what's happening. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We had something happen at the offices yesterday that I don't know if we've ever had this happen before or not, but there was a couple that came to the door yesterday, and it so happened I was on the phone long distance, and I was standing there in the lobby talking, and I ran and opened the door, and they were saying, can we have a church card? And um, he's, the, the gentleman said, he said, um, I've seen y'all's church parking lot full and said, we want to know if we could have a church, a church card. And so I told him, yeah, I was on the phone. And so I got Pastor James and he went and he talked to him and everything. And they were so excited, but it's neat that God just drew them here. As far as I know, nobody had told them or anything, but they just, you know, said they had seen the parking lot full and they just wanted to find out when our services were. Praise God. Amen. So I tell you what, God is doing great things. Amen. Okay. Then we talked about a little bit last week, um, we talked about avoiding some religious spirits and how dangerous they really are. Amen. You know, part of our responsibility in helping our children mature is to teach them what's right and what's wrong and right. tell them what to watch out for. That's a little bit of what I'm going to be doing just for a few minutes. I'm going to be just telling y'all a little bit of what to watch out for because carnal Christianity is... At such, in other words, Christians, born again Christians, living just like the world, but yet they go to church, whether it be once a week, once a month, whatever. And sure, they're on the way to heaven, but they're struggling just like the world. They're still struggling with the drugs, with the alcohol, with the addictions, with prescription drugs. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying they're still having the same struggles, going through divorces. They're not living a different lifestyle than the world. So I'm calling them all night long. I'll be saying, quote, unquote, carnal Christians. These are born-again Christians on their way to heaven, but, you know, but they, they're struggling on earth just as though they don't know Jesus because they don't understand all the benefits they have or don't know how to receive them. You see what I'm saying? And they love Jesus. I'm not saying they don't love Jesus and they're not going to heaven. But as far as struggling down here, they're living without all the advantages that Jesus paid the price for us to have. Amen? Because they just don't know. Okay? Anyway, but that's what we're going to talk about. My granddad, um, he, he's in heaven now. I went, think he went to heaven anyway in the early 90s, I think 92 or something like that. But anyway, my granddad, he, he was in the World War, and he was in Germany. And he used to tell us this thing. He'd say to me and my brothers, he'd say, Gukimo. He'd say, Gukimo. And I thought, what is that? But he taught me, he said, that means watch out in German. That's what it means, watch out. I don't know if he knew any more German words, but that's what he said. And y'all, this is neither here nor there, but I went, James and I a couple of weeks ago went to my aunt's house. And, you know, this would have been her dad. A couple of weeks ago, when we got to have lunch with her in Birmingham, my Aunt June, and I asked her, I said, June, am I remembering that right? Does Gukimo in German, does that mean watch out? And she said, I never heard that. But I asked my mom today, and she said, that's exactly what he told her it meant to. So I'm right, praise God. I just, my aunt just didn't remember. It said probably he told the grandkids that, whereas he didn't tell his own kids, you know. But anyway, but that's what it means is watch out. So part of what I'm doing as a pastor tonight is telling you, watch out. Because 
like I said, there, there are things that we're just warning you about. Sometimes with your children, you'll say, watch out for that. You know, that's something that, you know, could be a danger. Watch out for it. So I'm telling you these things. I'm warning you of some of the dangers that are out there. So you'll be alert and avoid them. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, if somebody, if, if there was a um, bridge out ahead and the police officer came and if he said, listen, y'all, you know, if there was a police officer standing there saying, stop. Now, you may have to detour, but, you know, he, he's not trying to be ugly or mean. He's saying, stop, watch out. Avoid what's up ahead. You don't want to go where there's no bridge and go straight down in the water. Well, see, that's what I'm telling y'all not. I'm saying these are things I'm saying, quote, unquote, watch out for. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're supposed to protect our hearts with all diligence because it's something that, that is so much rampant today that's something we have to watch out for. Okay, let's go to 2 Timothy 3, beginning with verse 5. 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. We talked a little bit last week that the devil's sneaky, you know, that if you're going to poison a dog, you're not going to just put a, put a pile of poison down here, you know. You're going to get a big juicy piece of meat and put it there and put poison on the inside of it or something where they'll eat it, if, you know. And I'm not saying do that. I don't believe any of y'all do that, but I'm just telling you the devil's tactics. He tries to make it enticing is what I'm saying. He tries to make things look good. Listen. You're saved, spirit-filled, on fire for the Lord, growing every time you come to church. The devil, I'm warning you, there's a devil out there that wants to stop it any way he can to separate you from your God-called pastor and from how you're growing in the Lord any way he can, whether it be through offense, whether it be through not receiving, whatever it is. So I'm just telling you to watch out. Amen. Okay. Verse 5 here. I wanted to read it. Um, first of all, I'm just going to read it um, out of the uh, King James. It's talking about these people. And, and then in just a minute, actually, uh, Shayla, will you please get it ready? I'm fixing to read it out of the, oh, here, I have it here. The um, 2 Timothy 3. Uh, verses 2 through 5 in the voice I'm fixing to read. But right now I'm going to start with verse 5. In the TPT, the Passion Translation, it says that they may pretend to have respect for God. This is talking about people to be aware of. But in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. And in verse 5, it says, For although they hold a form of piety or true religion, they look religious, and they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. It says to avoid them. In other words, if you know, these are carnal Christians that are living like the world. In 2 Timothy 3, verses 2 through 5, have you got it up there in the voice, Shayla? Okay. In the voice, it says, You see, the world will be filled with narcissistic, money-grubbling, pretentious, arrogant, and abusive people. They will rebel against their parents and will be ungrateful, unholy, uncaring, cold-hearted, accusing, without restraint, savage, and haters of anything good. Expect them to be treacherous, reckless, swollen with self-importance, and given to loving pleasure more than they love God, even though they may look or act like godly people. See, that's where the problem comes in. That's where the deception comes in. They look and act like they're godly. 
You know what I'm saying? So just watch out for them. They may look or act like godly people. They're not. They deny his power. I tell you, stay away from them. Stay away from the likes of these. Now that's the voice translation. So it's saying watch out for people that they may say they're Christians, you know, and all this, but they could, but if they're not strong in the Lord and strong in the word, carnal Christians, then be, watch out for what they're saying. Um, Proverbs 27, 23. Proverbs 27, 23. Okay, and this is, this is one of our things. This is one of the things I'm doing tonight. This is one of the things that I should do as a pastor. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to the herds. In other words, I'm just telling y'all something to watch out for. Amen? That's all I'm doing like a good parent would do. Okay, um, Colossians 1.28 in the King James Version, and it's talking about Christ here. Christ is whom we preach warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect or mature in Christ. So that's what we're doing as pastors. We're just warning you of something to watch out for, okay? I'm just, just giving you some wisdom to help mature you and help grow you, okay? Acts 20 verse 27 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flocks over which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath Purchased with his own blood. So that, that's partly what I'm doing. I'm just letting y'all watch out for this stuff, okay? Very good. So be mindful of people that are very religious and very pious, and yet they really, you know, there's a difference in that relationship. There's a difference in having a relationship with Jesus and just didn't go into church, you know? Amen. God reminded me, you know, if there's an airplane and it's headed in a certain direction, you know, suppose, suppose you're wanting to go, you know, uh, we'll say you're wanting to go to Florida, so you start heading south. Well, if you're a couple of degrees off, you're going to wind up out in the middle of the ocean out there, nowhere, right? So, so you've got, you know, it can be just a little bit off the devil. That's where his deception comes in is because if he, he's going to try to get it to look as much like the Word as he can. But I tell you what, we're not ignorant of his devices. Amen? Praise God. So the more you're feeding your spirit, the more you're, you're living. We're living after the spirit, not after the flesh. Living a strong spiritual life. That's what. But living, you know, after the spirit and not after the flesh. And that's the difference. And that's what we're, that's what we're doing. Gloria Copeland said... She said, go to a good faith believing church. I, quote, I wrote down this quote. Go to a church that preaches the word of God. Amen? Amen. So watch out for carnal Christians. Romans 8, 1 through 7. And Shayla, if you'll put that up on the TPT, the passion. Romans 8, 1 through 7 talks about this. It talks about how important it is that we live strong, spiritual Christian lives. Amen? Amen. Okay? It says, so now the case is closed. Now, this is in the Passion Translation. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. So now if we're walking after the Spirit, not after the flesh. For the law of the Spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. Amen. Amen. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent His Son 
in human form to identify with human weakness, clothed with humanity. God's Son gave His body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And if we're living after the Spirit, we're letting him live his life in us. And we are free to live not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. See, if we're walking after the Spirit, not for the flesh, that's what we're able to do. Amen? Go on through verse 7, Shayla. Verse 6. I'm sorry. Verse 6. For the mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction because it cannot. So in other words, if you spend all your time on carnal things, you're not going to be strong enough spiritually to hear and obey and do what God's telling you to do. Amen. So I'm just telling you how to watch out for it. Um, Romans 6, 11 through 13, Shayla, in the Passion Translation. Romans 6, 11 through 13. I'm just going to read it out of, the, out of the Passion. It says, So let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with Him, you must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the Anointed One. See, that's the way we're to live every day. After the things of the Spirit, not after the flesh. Sin is is a dethroned monarch. I read this, and I had never read it in the past of the day, and I thought this was awesome. Sin is a dethroned monarch, so you must no longer give it an an opportunity to rule over your life, controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool for wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to Him. As one who has now experienced resurrection life, you live now for His pleasure, ready to be used for His noble purpose. So see, when we're pursuing the things of the Spirit, not the things after the flesh, it opens the door for us to be doing this. It says, you live now for His pleasure, ready to be used for His noble purpose. Yes. Well, see, some of the things we're doing are these reaches. Yes. And those are some things that God's wanting to do through us. Yes. And as we're walking, experience life, pursuing the things of the Spirit, not after the flesh, that's what it's opening the door to. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I was going to just tell you just a few things to be alerted to watch out for. You know, because like I said, the devil, he is not going to send you a distraction that doesn't look good. Whatever it is he uses will look good. You know, whether it be, you know, there's all kinds of things. Uh, Over the years, I'm just going to tell you some things we've seen as pastors that have distracted people that would be just going and growing and getting so strong in the Lord, and then all of a sudden, They'd be gone from the church and you'd wonder why and look and then you'd think, see what? One thing is wrong relationships. Another thing, you know, be you not unequally yoked. If you're spending a lot, around, a lot of time around carnal Christians, you know, they'll be saying, you don't need to go to church. It's not that important. You know, and before long, you know, if that's where you spend your time fellowshipping, watch out because, you know, they'll pull on your flesh. Um, another thing is somebody can offer, you know, uh, sometimes you could get a big offer of a raise at work as long as you work Sundays. But the thing is, the devil realized when you work Sundays, you're going to be getting weaker and weaker and weaker spiritually without realizing it. 
over the months, that adds up. You know, you can get a big pay raise, but think about, is it worth it compared to what it's going to cost you? Amen? Okay. And sometimes even, um, this is a lot of times, you know, our family used to do things. When James and I first got married, they would do things and they'd plan things. And so if it was on a Sunday or where we couldn't be at church first, we'd just say, we'll come after church. You know, these are the very people you're trying to witness to and tell them that church is important. But, oh, if we're doing this, you know, Sunday morning at 11, I'm going to miss church and be there. You're sort of sending mixed signals. But I guarantee your family, if they want you there, and let's hope they want you there, they will change their times if they realize you won't compromise the word for it. And, you know, one time we had a, a, I think this was, I'm trying to remember if it was the first or second Christmas we were married. We lived in Birmingham. Anyway, I'm trying, yes, that was the second Christmas we were married. We lived in Birmingham, and they wanted us at a breakfast at James's sister's house, and I don't remember what time it was, but so we had to get up early. We had to be back at church at Birmingham, you know, by 10, 30, or 11, whatever time service started, but we got up, we came to Jasper, did the family breakfast, and then went back to Birmingham to be there in time for the, you know what I'm saying? Because if they realize the word's not valuable to you, if you, you know what I'm saying? They're going to realize if it is or if it isn't. And that's so our family just, they never try to plan things that are going to interfere with church because they know we're not coming, (laughs) you know? So anyway, so I'm just saying they will learn if the word's valuable to you or not, you know? But anyway, that's just some of those things, like I said, that they just realized that if they're going to do it during church time, we'll we'll come when we're through, you know, (laughs) after church anyway. But if they realize that, and they'll realize that you see a value on the word because we've got to realize how valuable the word is. Amen? The infinite value of the word, the scripture... um, Philippians 3.10 says, yes, in the NLT it says, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And then it, it talks about, you know, getting to know him, being where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be, it's so valuable. Amen? Don't let anything separate you from where you're supposed to be. Philippians 3.10, Amplified Classic. And this is talking about getting to know Jesus every day, spending time with him. Listen, you're going to have to protect that time you spend with Jesus every day, because, you know, sometimes it may mean leaving your cell phone in the other room or either turning off the volume of it or something so it won't ring or whatever. I know I use my phone for Bible Gateway usually, but I'm usually up so early nobody calls me. So, you know, get up at 515 and see how many people call you. But anyway, but what I'm saying is, you know, but as far as, but I'll use a lot of times look up on Bible Gateway where Scripture is or whatever. But we've got to know the supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. We've got to know the value of the Word. So, you know, you have to find a time every day when you can spend time with the Lord when, it, when it's not going to be, you know, uh, hindered with other things. I was going to share you. Do you know how diligently and how intensely or how pa- passionately we pursue Jesus determines how much of his manifest power is able to flow through our lives every day. Good. You know, if we have to decide what's valuable. We were just talking about the value of the word. Now, the value of being in church services, but also every day spending time in the word, okay? And we're, we're um, 
And, and that's one thing, seeing the infinite value of getting to know Jesus, what would he do in this situation? You know what I'm saying? And letting the power of God flow through us. We're living spiritually strong, pursuing the things of the Spirit instead of the things of the flesh. Amen? But anyway, but I, I was thinking about, the other day I was thinking about, you know, think about how people sometimes don't quite see the value in spending time with the Lord every day. And, and I'll be honest with y'all, with me, April and Sarah were born, and they lacked, I think, two days being 15 months apart, 15 or 16 months apart anyway. But I felt like I had twins. It was so busy. But I learned, and the Lord told me, he said, I want you to start getting up at 5 in the morning. Ooh, that was hard. <laughs> that was hard. I was a stay-at-home mom, but, man, that was hard. But I realized the reason the Lord got me up so early was it was to protect my time with Him because they'd all be asleep. <laughs> and if I waited till 7.30 or 8 o'clock when they got up, I was busy, you know, with those two little babies, amen? But anyway, so, so what I'm saying is you've got to protect that time with the Lord every day. See it as, a, as an advantage, a supreme advantage, because it is. Because walking through life, listen, walking after the Spirit and after the flesh is a supreme advantage. Because when you're walking after the Spirit and after the flesh and you're seeing the things that God's able to do, amen? And including through these reaches. Have y'all been doing some reaches? Yes. Amen. And I tell you what, as you can see, you lay hands on the sick and they recover. You begin to do things. But anyway, the Lord put in my heart. He said, you know what? I'm going to read this to you one more time. It was so important. How diligently and how intensely or how passionately we pursue him determines how much of his manifest power is able to flow through our lives every day. You know, it is. It's so powerful. And I tell you what, if you're pursuing Jesus He'll correct you sometimes. Amen. He'll tell you if you've got unforgiveness in your heart that's blocking the flow of His power through you, He'll tell you. Amen. So we have to be willing to be quick to change and quick to repent. Amen? To line up with the Word, whatever it is. But, so what God do? But the Lord put it to me this way. Show me an example. He said, listen. He said, what if you were just walking through it? You know, we'll, we'll say you're at Six Flags, whatever, just walking through, have a good time, and you have a little baby about six months old in a stroller, and you're just strolling along there. And all of a sudden, somebody comes up. Oh, what a cute little baby. And you turn your head, and you look around, that baby's gone. You don't know who took your baby. Now, or even if you see somebody running down there that you think is holding your baby, are you going to say, you know what? I better do something about this. I ought to do something about this. You know what? I'm tired today, but tomorrow I'm going to call and let somebody know that something happened to a baby. No, you're going to take off running, 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 running. <laughs> y'all, that reminds me of one time at Six Flags with the teens. I've got to tell y'all a story of that. That reminded me of it running. There was this lady with us, and she was a nurse, Kathy Booth, a friend of ours, you know. Anyway, and she was with us. And there was a situation where one, uh, there was a situation with one of the teens where we had told them to do something and they didn't do it or something and we couldn't find them anyway. And we found them over there. And I took off running. Now, this was probably in June before, probably about six weeks before little James was born. And I took off just running. I remember Kathy just busting up. That just reminded me because that happened at Six Flags. Anyway, but I called them. Anyway, so we did catch that teenager. It was a teen that wasn't where they were supposed to be. And I thought, we got to catch them when I saw them. Anyway. That don't have anything to do with this. Other than I just remember because I said that about being in six acts. But what I'm saying is if somebody took your baby or took something valuable to you, you would be on them right then. You would diligently and passionately go after them. You wouldn't say, 
well, you know what? I might just call somebody and find out what, where that baby is, see if anybody can look tomorrow. You're not. You're going to be passionate about it. Amen. Amen. So the thing is, we need to be that way with following after the Spirit and not after the flesh. We need to become passionate with spending time with Jesus every day. And as we'll do this, you know, and then when the devil tries to take something that Jesus says is already purchased for us, what we'll do, we'll be like David. We'll pursue and recover all. Amen? So when the devil comes and tries to steal from you, if you're walking strong in the Spirit and strong in faith, you'll be strong to go back and recover and take whatever the devil tried to steal. Amen? Or either, either that or he won't be able to steal from you. Amen? Proverbs 15, 30. The other day, and this may seem totally off subject, but I'm, I'm fixing to begin to talk to y'all about reaches. But what I'm encouraging you to do is stay strong spiritually, and it will enhance your ability to minister and reach to others, okay? That's what I'm encouraging you is stay strong spiritually. You know, when it tells us in the Bible not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together, over there in Hebrews, I believe it's 10, 23 or 25, but it says, you know, so it's valuable, it's important that we be receiving what we need even through our pastors, Amen. But Proverbs 15:30 in the Amplified Classic. The other day, I started I coming coming down the stairs to the prayer room, and uh, uh, I I was in the kitchen and fixing to go upstairs, and the Lord told me this scripture. He said, "The light in your eyes rejoices the heart of others." And I thought, I know that's a scripture, but I don't know where it is. So I got out my Bible Gateway. I like Bible Gateway, but actually, actually, if I don't know where it is. Y'all may say this is the wrong way to do it, but what I'll do is I'll put rejo- uh, the light in my eyes rejoices the heart of others and I put dash Bible and I Google it and it'll tell me what the scripture is. Then I go to find the different translations in Bible Gateway. So that's actually the way I do it. But there's probably quicker and better ways. But anyway, that's what I do. But our job is to be alert spiritually. But So Proverbs 15:30, and this has a lot to do, the Lord showed me, with our reaches that we're doing. Because we're ministering to others. We're changing other people's lives. And we have to stay strong spiritually. We can't become lackadaisical or lazy spiritually. Lazy spiritually. Or, you know what I'm saying, as far as Christians, we have to be staying strong. Okay? Proverbs 15, 30. It says, The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report maketh the bones fat. Okay, in the Amplified Classic, it says, The light in the eyes of him whose heart is joyful rejoices the hearts of others, and good news nourishes the bones. Notice it says, The light in the eyes of him whose heart is joyful. You know what? If you delight yourself in the Lord, your heart's going to be joyful. If you'll pursue Jesus passionately, is the only way your heart's going to be joyful. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So you're going to be ministering to others. You're going to be helping them. In the TPT of Proverbs 15, 30, it says, Eyes that focus on what is beautiful bring joy to the heart. And hearing a good report refreshes and strengthens the inner being. Amen. You know, you choose what you focus on. Amen. In um, the voice translation of Proverbs 15, 30, it says, Bright eyes and a cheerful expression bring joy to the heart, and good news revives the spirit and renews health. Well, see, you bless somebody with something. You know, you bless somebody, 
And it may, you know, it may be good news and, and renew their spirit, renew their heart, bless them. Let them to taste and see how good the Lord is. Amen? You go up and pay a bill for somebody or buy part of their groceries or whatever you do, you know, or, or do that where you go through the drive-thru and pay for it or whatever, or leave an extra big tip and leave a little card there. And when you do that, that's going to bless somebody's day. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah, and particularly doing it joyful. Now, notice it says do it joyful. You know, don't do it like it's, oh, no, do I have to do this? Do I have to do this, Reach? Do I have to? Do I have to give them that? Do I have to do that, Lord? If you'll tell me three more times, I'll do it, Lord. No. You know, if you'll say it verbally, Lord, no, do it. And i tell you what, I'm going to tell you what has started happening. James and I have, and there was a situation where the Lord told me, I'm, I'm going to tell you all this, to text somebody this morning. Y'all are going to think this is strange as I did, but man, the response I got when I did. I said, the Lord said to tell you there's no place like home. Okay, not going to go into what that means. But the person knew it and agreed and it really blessed their heart. But I'm telling you what, I told James, I said, James, when God's telling me things, I'm doing them extremely so much quicker now. That didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me in one way it did and one way it didn't. You know what I'm saying? But the Lord knew what it meant and they knew what it meant. It really blessed them. Amen. But I'm telling you, when the Lord says something, y'all do it quickly and don't think about it. Like remember James was saying the other day, you don't think about it because if you think about it, you won't do it. But the Holy Spirit knows exactly what the person on the other end needs. If God tells you even to send somebody a little text or do something for somebody, you just call them and tell them you love them, or just call them and tell them you're praying for them, or even text them and tell them you're praying for them. There's all kind of ways we can be used of God to benefit others, to bless others. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, so if we can encourage people, let them see something good. Let them see something good to focus on. Amen? Doing something good for people will do that. Hallelujah. And one of the things that we really need to do because of the spirits of darkness and the religious spirits out there, I'm going to tell you all this one thing. Reaching is one thing that's going to make a difference. Amen. Because what we're doing is bringing light into situations. Yes. And another thing is preaching the uncompromised truths of God's Word. Amen. And it may be just sharing with somebody that you see, sitting next to them somewhere. You know what I'm saying? You know, when, if, if people say things that don't line up with the Word of God, bringing the light of the truth in Will, that, that will shine and push away the darkness. Amen? Amen. You know, if somebody, if you hear somebody, you know, sitting around or something, maybe in a waiting room or something, and saying, well, God made me sick to teach me something, you know, uh-uh. We need to shine the light on the truth of God's Word. And I understand you have to be discerning and you don't want to just offend people or whatever. But it may be family members that may believe something that's not the truth. But the more we shine the light, share the light of the truth of God, the more they're going to see of Jesus. Amen. The more they're going to get to taste and see the Lord is good. You know, Even if you just said, listen, I'd like to pray for you and Jesus will heal you and watch Jesus heal them. Amen. So you don't have to argue with them or contradict what they're saying. But if you'll bring the light, the truth of God's word, it'll make the darkness of those old religious ideas. That's what a lot of the religion is. It's just darkness. You know, it'll push out a lot of that if we'll be bold to share the truths of God's word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And here's, here's a scripture. And this is 
Luke 10, 19. Now remember this, we're talking about Jesus living and doing his purpose through us. Amen. Luke 10, 19 in the Passion says, Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority. Everybody say, all my authority authority. to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing, everybody say nothing, Nothing. will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. See, you've got to know who you are in Jesus and you've got to walk in that authority. And I tell you, it is so important that we walk in that authority knowing who he is and what he's done. And when we pray something, this goes back to the faith we've been teaching, teaching, believe we receive it when we pray, no matter what the circumstances say, no matter what anybody else says or does. We know because I use my faith, I bound the devil, I loose the Holy Spirit. And so praise God, things have changed to line up with what the Word of God says. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So there's no way they can't. So we begin to praise and worship God for what all he's doing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So um, we go in situations. And see, you and I can take the power of God in any situation. That's why, and some of y'all already know about, God's already been speaking to our hearts and we already got on the calendar that we're going to be training some people to do things called, quote unquote, life teams. And at first I started out calling them healing teams because you can take life in there to a situation where, you know, there's no hope in the natural. The doctor hadn't told them they could make it, you know, that there was any way they could live. But when we, with the authority of Jesus, go in there and take the name of Jesus, there's nothing stronger than the name of Jesus. But see, we got to know and take it in there and be living strong spirit, be strong in spirit. Amen. Hallelujah, walking in the Word, walking in the Lord, and not just living carnal Christian lives. That's one reason it's so important to know who we are in Christ, what we can take to other people. Um, I'm going to look a little bit about reach in the Webster's Dictionary. You know, we've got those reach cards. Everybody got some of those cards? And listen, if you've used some of your cards, pick up some tonight before you go out. And if you, also, if you've done reaches, every Sunday morning I'm announcing how many reaches are in there, okay? So be sure and put them in the box so we know how much we're reaching. And I encourage you to pray every day. And early today, the Lord told me a reach I was going to do earlier today, so I, I just began to pray in the Spirit for that person, you know. And so anyway, so praise God. So anything we can do that can reach, Okay. Reach, the Webster definition, is to stretch out, to extend, to thrust, or to touch by extending a part of the body, such as a hand or an object, to pick up and draw toward one, to take, to extend to, to get up or as far as to come as, to encompass, to make an impression on, to communicate with, to hand over, to pass. And do you know, I'd written these notes the other day, but this afternoon when I was reading over this again, you know what Lord saw me? He said, you're handing over. What are you handing? If I come up here and grab her hand, do you know what I'm handing when I do a reach? I'm handing Jesus to somebody. The Lord said, what you're passing, what you're handing really is Jesus. That's what you're handing when you're doing these reaches 
Because you're doing something the Lord's telling you to do and you've been praying in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit has their heart prepared to receive it and your heart prepared to receive it. I mean, this is powerful, y'all. The Lord said they're hand, you're handing over or you're passing Jesus to somebody. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Hallelujah. Some scriptures that we're using for our reach, a couple of the scriptures are Mark 16, 15 through 19. Mark 16. And I know y'all are familiar with these verses, but it's so much what we're doing, but it's what the church is called to do. Amen. Mark 16, 15 through 19. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Anybody here believers? Okay, so these signs are going to follow us. So see, we are the ones that could take the presence of God in any situation and turn it around. Amen. Glory to God. Y'all, that's so powerful. That's, that's, that's awesome. Worth, worth enough to rejoice about all the time. Amen. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Amen. You know, and, and I've read to y'all before the Passion Translation, verse 17, 18 says, and, the, and these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will supernaturally, they will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. Amen. See, that healing power Amen. flows through our hands. Amen. Amen. And the apostles went out announcing the good news everywhere as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracles, signs that accompanied them. See, I don't have to heal anybody. I don't have to do anything except for reach, do whatever the Lord tells me to do, reach and be praying for somebody and watch the miracles that my Father God gets to do. Amen? Praise God. That is powerful. That's awesome. So as we're doing this, as we're reaching out to others, what we're doing is the things that Jesus paid for anyway. He paid for them to be healed. We ought to take healing to them. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So this is such a powerful thing. Um, And another scripture is the one that said, uh, that one, Proverbs 15, 30, I just went over about lightening the heart of somebody else, bringing rejoicing to them. The light in your eyes rejoices the heart of others. When you do something to reach them, something Jesus tells you, it's going to enlighten their heart. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The love of God compels us to reach others for Him. There are too many Christians satisfied just going to work, going to school, home, you know, doing what all they have to do every day and not out there reaching. But I tell you, I want to encourage us to be, get uncomfortable, you know. We can't be couch potatoes. We got to do the things God's telling us to do and be busy reaching out for others. Sometimes it may mean getting out of our comfort zone, but be obedient to God. Be sure to spend time praying in the Spirit and say, Lord, who would you like me to reach today? Y'all, the world so much desperately needs Jesus and everything he purchased. 
it was extremely sad. Um, my husband James got a text last night from one of our partners, and he said that his niece, who I think used to live around Fayette somewhere, said they were close to the family of the boy that killed five people in his family. And James texted back today and said, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't remember where he said it was. Um, Limestone County, exactly. Uh, Limestone County. And it was a 14-year-old boy that killed, I think when he called and turned himself in, they went to the house. He had shot his mother, his daddy, and one of his siblings. There were two more that were hurt, and they both died when they got to the hospital. I'm talking about a 14-year-old boy. Y'all, people need help. They need the Jesus you and I have. Think if somebody had reached out before the boy got to this point. You know what I'm saying? To that whole family. You know, and what if, I mean, the whole story could have been different. I'm saying it was totally demonic influence. But there are demonic influences out there, but we're to bring light to push away that darkness. You know what I'm saying? If, if God could use us to minister to prevent that kind of thing from happening, what if somebody had reached and got that family in church? You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying they weren't in church. They may have been. But I'm just saying, whatever, the devil's out there to still kill and destroy. We ought to be so much bolder because we have greater power because Jesus within us is more powerful to do what Jesus wants to do. So, And the more things we do that can bless others to turn them to Jesus and draw them to Jesus, the things we're talking about doing and reaches, every one of them is something good. You know, in some way, Jesus is wanting to share his love with somebody. He's wanting them to taste and see the Lord is good. So I encourage y'all to take the time to do that, you know. And sometimes it may be even say, listen, I'll sit with you if you'll come to church. Because a lot of times people are intimidated and think, I don't want to come there and not sit with anybody. I know if you know somebody, invite them. Offer to sit with them. I mean, that's a great thing you can do, you know. Or maybe even if they need a ride, maybe you can pick them up or something. But whatever it is... We can just minister to the whole world because the light shines. As the light shines, that darkness is going to flee. And the more reaches we do, and I remember Shayla saying the other day, to reach takes an effort. I mean, I can sit here. You can just sit on a chair all day and it don't take any effort. But to reach is going to take some effort. Amen? But if we'll all get busy reaching... Think how many, how many people we can minister to and it'll be life-changing too. Amen? Amen? Because they can taste and see the Lord is good through the things we do and that's ministering the love of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's stand up. Amen. And I want to encourage y'all, if y'all don't have reach cards, you know, I want to encourage you to take some. If you don't have, there's one more scripture that I'm wanting to read. Shayla, if you'll pick this up because this is what we're seeing happening so extremely fast. Amos 9, 13 through 15 in the message, please, Shayla, if you'll put that up. Because y'all, I tell you, the last two to three weeks since we've started this REACH thing, this is what we have seen happening in so many areas here at the church. I mean, it's just powerful what's going on. I'm sorry, the message of Amos 9, 13 through 15, the message... Yes, indeed. It won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once and everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people Israel. They'll rebuild ruined cities. 
They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I'll plant them, plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God says so. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We praise you. We worship you. We honor you. We magnify you. We thank you, Jesus. We receive this, Lord. Teach us to reach and minister to others, Father, with your love every day. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. I tell you what, God is doing big things, y'all. Janice and I, the last two Tuesdays, have been working on our church calendar. And praise God, y'all. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of things to grow us stronger spiritually are a lot of the things that are going on. And it's going to be busy, but I promise you it's to make us strong spiritually so we can reach stronger. Amen. 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 Very. Praise God. Amen. I want y'all to do something too. The Lord just put in my heart to do this. I want everybody to take the hand of the one next to you. Y'all come up here. Y'all, y'all three come up here with me. And y'all two can too. Come here. Let's be, let's be up here and show them. What it is, look, think how much more strength we have when we're all together taking hands. You know, in other words, if I had the strength, then y'all know how you play that, um, oh, what is, uh, yeah, but I'm thinking about the one, the rope, where you have to pull a rope, and the one, the strongest one's got, tug of war, that's it, tug of war. Well, when you do that, see, if we're reaching right here, Gail would have more strength because of every one of us behind here pulling too. Well, see, if we have two or three people doing reaches at JCC, it won't do much. But think of the strength of all of us reaching our own world, those around us. If I'm reaching the one around me, Sam's reaching the one around him, Gail's reaching the one around her, Sandy the one around her, everybody is reaching Joe, we're reaching the ones around him. Well, see, we see different people every day. So if we're all reaching, think how much stronger it is for us to do that. Amen. Amen.